Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. All right. Hey, hello. 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 Today is such a heavy podcast day. It is, but it's okay. No, I mean, I think it's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. just like we're like, what is it? Bullet journaling. You know, like when you bullet journal. Have you heard of that? No. It's like instead of because I'm not a good journal. Instead of writing it out, you just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's like because yeah. I'm not great at journaling. I know it's very cathartic and mm-hmm. like I should want to do that. But instead, you just bullet point your life. Mm. We're, we're getting it out today. We're I feel just... like we're bullet bulleting. Like we're just moving through. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that makes no sense. It yeah. probably doesn't. Yeah. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you get me. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting caught up because Beth, yeah. Beth had a surgery, which we're going to talk about later in, Ugh, in a yeah. few episodes. Oh, and... no. That's why that's why we're doing it. I, I totally forgot. Why are we like bulleting through oh, these? Thank you. And it's 100% because of that. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. had a surgery and the recovery was way longer than I thought. Yeah. So we're getting caught up. We're behind. And, and we like to get caught up so we can like not record over the summer and we get to enjoy mm, the summer with our yeah, kids. Yeah. So, so it's nice to have the summer off. We're, we're giving you our tips and tricks for yeah. enjoying time your man- summer. Time management. Time management. And boundaries. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So talking about like our work, how many times have you switched careers in your life? Oh, you've had many. So many. I've had so many lives. It feels like like cat lives. (laughs) That's I wanted to be an architect. So I I went to school for drafting. And so I worked at a steel company random. And then I got to call on a steel company. See, you and I were simpatico. Yeah. Back when. So cute. And then after I got laid off from there, when the economy crashed, I worked at Lululemon Mm -hmm. um, while I was going to school for athletic training. I was an athletic trainer for a little bit. I worked at a gym for a little bit. So that's like a completely different world. And then and then I left there to go work at a birth center. Mm-hmm. Like, how random. You know? I mean, not really knowing you now. Well, knowing me now, no. It's a different... I mean, if you look at steel company girl versus birth center girl, very different. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I left that to be a coach, uh, which I did for one year until I... What I think is signed on with you, Goober. Until, until I dragged you into <laughs> yeah. this. I think what's interesting is you went from a very like, like you said, kind of like this rough and tumble, technically, you know, very technical kind of mm-hmm. education and, you know, job, you know, drafting for a steel company to like this evolution of more patient centered with the yeah. birthing center and then, you know, wellness and coaching. and Yeah. I think I mean I think yeah it is you're totally right it's definitely an evolution so what yeah. what about you I mean you've always kind of been in sales right I have yeah I before I went the nonprofit route I was always in sales and I think I found variety in the types of sales jobs I do mm-hmm. a lot of sales people will stick to an industry yeah you know if they're in you know medical like, like yeah they'll stay stick in to it. medical mm-hmm. yeah like I did pharmaceuticals and I think I did it for like two or three years and I was like nope not for me yeah and I I kind of followed that train I worked for a hospital and it was fine and then I and then I took a detour and I said oh let's go into the manufacturing industrial side and I was selling industrial bearings to steel mills and distributors and and I just kind of went wherever I thought 
oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. You know, so I found my variety within the sales world, but I would do a lot of different things just based on how I felt. Yeah. I stayed with sales because it was yeah. like what I knew and I figured out I was decent at it and I loved calling on people. But yeah, the, the nonprofit was a real turning point for me. and Which is interesting because I do feel like nonprofit does have aspects of sales like your I mean, sales background is like very helpful within the sort nonprofit. of i mean if you talk to people who have been in the nonprofit a long time like nonprofit world a long time they'll tell you there's there's pros and cons right yeah like, it's kind of like breaking a kid of some bad habits yeah but yeah i mean i think ultimately it helps me i mean i've always been customer facing right like yeah. i like talking to <laughs> our patients i like You're talking. so extroverted <laughs> i'm, I'm not ironic <laughs> i'm not extroverted I'm you just s- prefer to be alone at home I'm very introverted, but I think my career has always just forced me out of my comfort zone. And now it's just, it's not hard anymore. Yeah. But I think that's what's interesting about this topic, right? Is because we deal with a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are contemplating a career change after cancer. Yeah. That was certainly the case for us. So I think we're going to talk about how priorities often change after a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about what we see with our beneficiaries and some of the stories we've heard. What did you say? Beneficiaries? beneficiaries okay i said it all right say documentary oh no stop say we're it. not we're no say it Mm-mm. say it no. i'm not moving forward until no, you say because documentary. now i'll like analyze how i'm saying it you just... should analyze it it's wrong just say documentary <laughs> documentary <laughs> documentary <laughs> there there you go documentary okay, documentary we can, we can proceed now oh my gosh uh, and finally we're going to talk about a tool we both like to use to kind of evaluate what our what our desires were you know what we wanted out of life and, and kind of helped us transition into a whole new phase yeah but uh, before we do that let's hear from our first sponsor hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment the emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. All right, we're back. Let's talk about how priorities change because this is a phenomenon that I actually really enjoy watching in people. Mm -hmm. They probably freak out about it because I know I did. Oh, yeah. When I took took a left turn from like a well-established, well-paying sales job into the nonprofit world, Gary and I were freaking out. And so the people that are contemplating major career changes now and direction in life, they are are freaking out. But I just am looking at them going, ooh, this is going to be good. Yeah. I often say to those people, I'm like, oh, man, a year from now, Mm. like you're going to look back at this really hard decision that you're about to make and like be so thankful if they make it, if they make it, if they make it, because that's the key is that a lot of people want to make the change. It's a very scary thing to do, especially when it's tied to money. Yep. And so I'm always watching in anticipation to say, are you going to do it? And I will say that, I mean, I can't speak for you. Scariest thing I ever did was walking away from my career and starting the nonprofit knowing that it was a massive risk and it was going to be completely different and completely out of my comfort zone and yet the best thing I ever did. Yeah. And, and it, not even just changing your life, but you changed your family's sure. life. You oh, had yeah. to change the way that your whole entire family right. lived. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was huge. But once I did that, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and she had done something similar, like she and her husband took a big leap of faith. And I said, isn't it the most amazing feeling when you decide 
that you're going to go for the big life instead of the playing small, playing small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like instead of doing average. Yeah. You're going to go for the big play. And it's not tied to money. I mean, what I did was the opposite direction. Yeah. But it's like when you go for the big play and you say, I'm going to live the big life and take the risk. There is something that just in your soul feels like, yes. And you learn you learn to see the like the benefits around it. I mean, I didn't I didn't walk away from a career quite as big as yours, but I walked away from a job where at least I had an income and mm-hmm. we had some stability and all oh, that stability is so alluring. Yeah, and and we had a routine. Mm-hmm. I think for us us mostly it was the routine and letting go of that and like walking into the unknown can be really scary and well getting our husbands on board were oh for sure for sure (laughs) they were both supportive but it took a little bit of selling you want to talk about using my sales skills yeah yeah it's like babe yeah yeah but the things but the things you see i mean even when i walked away from what i walked away from eric was like wow it's just like our evenings got nicer because you Mm -hmm. know you didn't come home and complain about stuff oh you know i mean there's so many unintended consequences like good things that come out of it that you can't see until you make the change. I'm excited to kind of talk about that, but we see this in patients all the time. We see, well, you know, it's funny. First of all, you just are a changed person after cancer. Like you are not going to see life differently. You see life differently. You feel differently. There are bad things about that, but there are also so many good things. I will never forget. I think I might've told this story before, but when I came back to my sales job after going through treatment, I was calling on a customer and you know, as I was sitting in his office chit-chatting with him, this guy knocked on the door and the customer's like, oh, this is Beth. She just got back from chemotherapy. And the guy just looked at me. He's like, did it change you? And I was just like floored. I was like, how did he know that? Like, how mm-hmm. did that was his first question is, did did going through that change you was his first question, which I blew my mind. Mm-hmm. This is like a big old, bu- you know, like an industrial dude, you know, wearing his mm-hmm. steel toed boots. And that was his first question. I go, oh, my gosh, I go, it totally did. How did you know that? And he's like, well, my wife went through cancer. And he goes, and it totally changed her. He goes, not in an obvious way to anybody. He goes, mm-hmm. but I noticed. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and not in a bad way. He goes, just so different. She yeah. just thinks so differently yeah. now. And I'm like, it's really hard to go through something like that and not view right. things differently. What I hear from a lot of people is that like, and I feel like I use the analogy of you look through life through a different lens and they're like, oh man, all the drama that my family had or friends have or whatever, it just doesn't, you realize now that it's just not worth it. Like, what's the point? Why, why go through, like, why have a bad day when you can choose to have a better day? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. agree. I mean, there's two parts of that. It's, it's not wanting the drama or the negativity mm-hmm. and it's also just appreciating the small things yes and and you know we see that a lot with our metastatic patients if you talk to them about what it feels like to live with cancer if they're being like a lot of times in a moment of honesty they'll mm-hmm. say that they get frustrated when they see people taking for granted the small things yep they'll take for granted the fact that they have to take their kids to a million sports yeah. events or they take for granted that you know they got to go out and you know people people are people they're going to yeah. complain about these small little annoyances we know how crazy life is yeah and i think for a lot of our patients that live with cancer who have to still continually go into the cancer center and get their infusions and manage that and and ju- it's just hard it's hard yeah. for them to see people taking for granted things that they just know you know, it's it's interesting that you're saying that because I am think I think back, you know, Thanksgiving was just about a week ago, whatever, from when we were recording this. But um, it, I had a flat tire on the morning of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And like, I just remember being like, oh, this could like totally derail your day. Mm-hmm. Like now we got to go back home. I got to like figure out how I'm going to fix my tire tomorrow because mm-hmm. nothing's open. It's Thanksgiving. But you know what? It like I didn't even have any of those. I was completely calm about it. I'm like, 
I'm thankful that we have another car. I'm thankful that tomorrow I have a trusted tire people that I like. I get I was to go say, visit do you know them. how thankful I am like, for AAA? AAA I mean, has gotten me out of I so mean, many. I mean, you instead of instead of in those stressful moments, you you have you look through things like, I mean, at least it's not that, or at least it's not that. And you know, like my there's so many things to be thankful for in the stressful moments. Oh, a hundred percent. And if you pay attention to them frequently, it just it becomes second nature to not freak out about stuff. But cancer patients are better than most at realizing that. Totally. Once you go through yeah. that or are going through it, you're just like, I cannot take time to sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I cannot take time. Right. This is like you we're realize, safe. Well, we're like I mean, yeah. you just realize that time is so fleeting. The yeah. amount of time that any of us are on this earth is so short. Yep. It's like, how do you want to spend your time? And I think that elicits all those questions of in my career is this what i want to be doing oh yeah I, you know? I remember i talked to my friend into going in, on vacation with us one year because she was like i don't know if i have the money and i'm like you never know what tomorrow will change yeah. <laughs> and she's like and I, i'm literally saying this to her as i have no hair mm-hmm. i had just got done with chemo mm-hmm. and she's like you're right i'm going yeah <laughs> and i'm like ha. yeah i i agree i think it's just a totally different perspective and it's a gift that's yeah. a gift the problem is once you realize this you're forced to make a decision yeah you know it's almost like you can't stay the, in the monday you know in the yeah. in the same in the status quo anymore it's like right mm, I yeah want- if you if you're in a if you're in a job in a career that like you realize now with when you're looking through your new lens that mm-hmm. you're like this is not making me happy this is not making me fulfilled you have to figure out what you're going to do with that right <laughs> well let's talk about kind of like some of the people we've been talking to and what they're grappling with but first let's do boobs in the news you want to uh-huh boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories boobs in the news boobs in the news boobs in the news this one's kind of a interesting slash weird one this came out of the ap in new york it's called gaslighting is miriam webster's word of the year for 2022 Oh, oh, I may have read this already. Did you read this? Yeah. We can talk about it. Yeah. So I always get confused when people talk about gaslighting because I think they throw it around so easily. It It is very buzzy. Do you know what it is? Yeah. What is it? So it's basically like somebody else trying to, uh, uh, I don't know if unvalidate is a word, but they're they it's are invalidate I'm pretty oh sure. yeah that's right invalidate <laughs> they're trying to invalidate your feelings and to and over time it, a lo- with a lot of gaslighting you basically well not even a lot it, with enough gaslighting you basically feel like your feelings are not even a real thing so yeah that's pretty much on it says gaslighting is behavior that's mind manipulating yeah it's grossly misleading and downright deceitful yeah okay so Basically, lookups for the word increased 1,740% over this year. And that's probably because of the same reason I am. I'm like, what exactly is gaslighting? I mean, I think people yeah. are like, it's used so much. Yeah. And if you're not 100% certain, you know, that's you probably- know, You know what's really sad and simple as I think about this? It's like, it's when your kid falls and you tell them, you're okay. And they're like, in their brain, they're going, no, I'm not. You think that's gaslighting? That's totally gaslighting. It's like invalidating I mean, how they feel? Mm-hmm. I think because what gaslighting... if that fall if they're like oh my god my face is gonna like oh is something broken like I mean it's not like you have to be like oh you're literally crumbling at the seams and like falling into the hole with them but you can just be like oh I bet that really hurts like that's validating their feelings mm-hmm. it's like our, our like one of our other guests like where her doctor like tried to tell her she did it wrong mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had this problem because you did this. Yeah. I feel like that's gaslighting. Yes, that's right. Really that's my manipulating. Yeah. It's like saying, hey, this is really on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It says the top definition is psychological manipulation of a person over an extended period of time, typically that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, mm-hmm. perception of reality or memories and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem. It sounds like essentially emotional abuse. Totally. I mean, that's, they, gaslighting's emotional abuse, yes. right? There's a movie out with uh, Julia Roberts. I haven't watched it, but it's called Gaslit. Is that with George Clooney? Oh, no. You're thinking about the Funny Paradise one. I know that's a good one. But is it good? Yeah, it is. It's okay. really cute. I bet I really... Julia Roberts is like my favorite person in the world. But I love when they work together. They have good same. chemistry. They're just fun. Yeah. Sorry, that took a turn. But anyway, no, I think she's a wife of maybe somebody powerfully political and... It's called Gaslight. I haven't watched it, so I can't give any synopsis about it. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a boob in this story. It's just that if you wanted to know what the number one word for the dictionary was this year, it was gaslighting, which should kind of indicate where we are as a society. Yeah. Well, everybody just needs to get nicer. (laughs) I would be more curious to find out why that word. Did they talk about that? Why? Yeah. I mean, I think it's because because people probably looked it up because somebody was like, you're gaslighting me. And I would be like. What does that even mean, and well, why is that connect? How I, feel. I mean, I've never been told I'm gaslighting somebody, but I've heard it used so many times that I was just like, I mean, what they say here is that it stems from the fact that there is a lot of trolling going on on the online. Which uh, can't we all agree? Totally. Nobody, nobody is kind to each other. Yeah, I mean, it has gotten out of control. Yeah, it has gotten out of control. People are so mean and making assumptions about people, and just yeah, I think hmm. that that's why. It's a popular word this year. Hmm. So maybe maybe the boobs are anybody that are gaslighting other people. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Validate. Right. All right. There's yeah. your boobs. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. So we're back. Let's so talking about what we see in our beneficiaries, we kind of touched on it, but like right now we have I have a criminal lawyer, a doctor, an architect, all questioning their chosen professions. Wow, those are like I know they're ballers. Yeah. They're ballers. And they sure, worked hard to get there, too. I mean, and I didn't make that up. Those are literally the three last women. That was their profession said, if this has come up, it happens to everybody. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It comes up with everybody. But I just found it fascinating because for them, it's really hard for them to walk away because they... They've invested half their life in getting there. Right. I mean, yeah. it is a big cost to them, both with their family and their financials to get to that point. And well, to... and I, I see this a lot with first responders, too, when I teach them yoga, but mm-hmm. like it's part of their identity. Right. Because when you've spent half your life to get to a career that you've worked so hard to get to, you have to basically unidentify with that career as who you are before you can almost detach your mind from it. I was terrible about putting value in my job as a person. Mm -hmm. Like that, my value as a human being was tied to my work, which was horrifically unhealthy. Yeah. I see a lot of that with these women. This is who I am. This is what I'm known for. They've all been operating at a very high level for a very long time. And the fact that they are considering that they're tired of it, it just boggles the mind for them to think about walking away. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we see this all the time and our job is never to instruct, but always to Mm -hmm. validate and say, oh, yeah, I felt like that, you know. The opposite of gaslighting. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Your feelings are valid. We've seen this before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and the question, you know, and there a lot of them have unhealthy lifestyles and they they attribute a lot of that to their to their diagnosis, which Mm -hmm. I think is interesting. They draw a line between the way they've been running themselves ragged 
into getting sick. Yeah. And I think that it's normal for all of us to question, is this level of stress good for me? Yep. But making that change can be so scary. Yeah. I call it getting off the wheel and not everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I am shocked I did it. Yeah. I am shocked. <laughs> well, because you you learn to live with a certain standard within your income, within the routine of whatever your job is that you've worked hard to get there. I mean, to cut all those ties, it would be like, you know, cutting the strings of a different set of balloons that you're holding in your hand that are literally holding you up. And now you've got to like cut them. Well, I'm and a, they're not I'm a there stabi- anymore. I am a stability and consistency person. Mm-hmm. So you threaten my consistency or my stability and I'm going to spiral. Because yeah. I don't know how to operate in the chaos. That, yeah. That's why I have such a low tolerance for, for um, drama. I don't know how to operate in chaos. It mm-hmm. just throws me off and it freaks me out. And so the idea that I would willingly inflict chaos on my life. Oh, and the unknown. You do not like the unknown. I do not like the unknown. <laughs> Ask me how well I handled cancer for that reason. Yeah. You know, I do not like it. And I think a lot of people are that way. And they've spent a lot of time... You know, my mom always jokes like you had this plan in life from the time you were little, like I'm going to do this, then this, then this, then this. And so cancer really like torpedoed all of those assumptions, which was good for me. I can honestly say it was good for me. But it's interesting to watch these women grapple with these decisions because it's like, ooh, are they going to get off the wheel or are Mm -hmm. they going to stay on? Yeah. And it's nothing really anybody can do to help them Uh other than to validate their feelings and to support them and whatever they need. I mean, I do tell them I did it. It was incredibly yeah. scary. Yeah. It was shocking. Share it was completely antithesis. What is it? An- antithetical. It's the antithesis. Yes, of who I am. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I did it. And if I did it, that means you can, because I can tell you I'm yeah. the worst person to do this. Yeah. So I will tell them that. But watching them grapple with that decision is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. and especially when they go like, you know, we were talking to somebody, a friend last night, and he was saying his son's a very high powered attorney and he just opened a yoga studio. Yes. Which we love stuff like that. Yeah. Because we're like, here you've got this idea right in your mind of a high powered attorney. And mm-hmm. yet now he's opened a yoga studio. It's mm-hmm. like, I love everything about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what it feels like for a lot of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always been known as this, but what if I do that? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What if you make the jump and it works out even better? Or what if it doesn't? Can you give yourself permission to fail? Yeah. I don't know. For people, for a lot of people, yeah. failure is like... It's worth, worse than death. Worse than death. Yeah. I I am trying to teach my kids to fail. But there, I, I think the thing that always I question about people, it's like, okay, if you asked yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen if I leave? And they're like, well, what if I have no money? And it's like, do you know how many jobs you could get? Like, you could get a mm-hmm. job anywhere you want to get a job. If you need money, go get a job. Like... Well, I was talking to somebody and she and her husband made a big decision together. It was a huge risk for them. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know what? She's like, we love each other. And we just said, if we go bankrupt and we have to get an apartment, you know, then we'll be happy just like we were when we were 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, when you get to that space, you're ready. Totally. When you get to the space where you're like, if the worst happens and we're in a crummy apartment and, you know, we have each other, we, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of factors, right? Like some people... If you don't have a strong marriage, it elicits mm-hmm. feelings of, I can't leave yeah. because, you know, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's complex. It is. Very, it is very complex and it's not going to be for everybody, Mm-mm. but you know, we're mm-hmm. also here to tell you and to, to tell you that it's okay. 
you can get off the wheel. Yeah. And sometimes it's delightful. <laughs> Before we kind of conclude with every, like with what we found helpful to helping us guide us into a new path, you want to do our second sponsor? Yes. All right. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit innsbruck-resort.com. All right. Oh, the tools. The tools. Let's talk about the tools. I credit two tools with getting me on a different path. Uh One is a therapist Uh (laughs) and the other is a book. How about Uh you? I definitely I had a counselor that I mean, I don't know that I would say I credit her, but she was definitely instrumental in like validating my feelings. Mm. I think ultimately I was just so ready for a change and to not be stressed that I was like anything would be better than feeling this much stress. It's nice to have a third party who has no vested interest in your finances telling you like Mm -hmm. it's okay to explore this. Yeah. Oh, and support from my husband. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that wasn't there, it would have made it much, much more difficult. I would not. Gary knows I'm very headstrong. So when I said, I want to quit my sales job and I want to you know, start a nonprofit. <laughs> Even if he was like, no way. If he was like, no way, I would have been really sad, but I would not have done it. I would not have done it without his blessing. But I think he knew I would have been insufferable. <laughs> so, you know, I it's will one make of, your life hard what would until happen, you support right? me. I mean, I don't think I would have intentionally made his life hard about it. I just would have brought it up until I got my way. Yeah. No, that sounds like you. You know what I mean? Like, I would have just been like, at breakfast, I'd be like, you know, I feel like I could have been really good at this. <laughs> and it would have been, he just knew. He's like, you'd be insufferable, and I do trust you, and I, I, I support you. He was great, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so you mentioned a book, so what book? Because we, we both share it's, this book. I know. And it's such a hippie book, which is why it cracks me up that it changed my life. Yeah. Like, but Dan- you know what? I've, I've Danielle, had- if you're listening, you are the last person that I thought would guide my life decisions just because we come from totally different mindsets about stuff. Less so now, but yeah. at the at the point I was in my journey then. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about Danielle Laporte. She did this book called The Desire Map. I might have talked about this before because I'm not kidding. Like, I got this book and I forget why because mm-hmm. again, Again, it was completely out of character for me. Mm-hmm. I oh, thought, you know what? I bet it was Casey Mills. She recommended it because I think she recommended recommends it to a lot of her clients. I think it's because I recommended it to her. Oh, hilarious. And she recommends it to her clients. Oh, that's she funny. tells me all the time that she gets her best resources from her patients. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, yeah. there. so I got this book and essentially it's kind of an exercise and some of the pages I wasn't into. Yeah. But it basically says stuff like these are the adjectives that I want to feel. This yeah. is, you know, so it's, it's about making your goals instead of based on actual action. It's a it's about how do you want to it's feel? about making your goals around how you feel. Right. Which I yeah. had never in my life done. I had never made a goal based on how I want to feel. Yeah. It was always about what I wanted to accomplish. Correct. So when she flipped that script and wrote an entire book about let's talk about your feelings and how you want to feel on a day to day basis. When I got done with that book, I was like, uh, this looks nothing like I thought it would. Yeah. Shocking. And, and my life doesn't fit the feelings that I actually ultimately want. That And oh, that funny. was what the therapist really brought yeah. to my attention. Because when I was feeling like after cancer, like, I don't want to do this grind anymore, this hardcore sales mm-hmm. and deal with all this BS. She was the one that pointed out, like, will you keep pursuing jobs with companies that don't share your values? And the minute she said it, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Holy smokes. Yeah. I have this book that's telling me this is how you want to feel. 
and you keep working for people that make you feel the opposite. Yep. And that moment changed everything. Yeah. And then I was just off to the races. Yeah. So I think the last Sometimes lesson... you just need to have that one little light bulb moment and... And then act on And that's on what it. you need. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so scary to act on. Yeah. Yeah. But how yeah. about you? I mean, I feel like you're much more willing to make a change than I am. Oh, for sure. I love change. Yeah. Oh, change is my favorite. Is that because you feel like it's going to always grow you? Yes. Because I feel like... My mindset is every time that you make a change, it's a new way to explore something different about your life, a new perspective. Sometimes it's going to win and sometimes it's going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. But even if you crash and burn, there's something to be learned from the crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's so much freedom in living life like that. And and I like to repel stress as much as I can, like a magnet. Like So if something starts to not work for me anymore, then you know I just go, well, this is obviously not worth it. Or... I try to change something and I try to affect change in a way that it doesn't affect my nervous system like it does. And mm-hmm. then and if it doesn't work, then I'm like, OK, great. Time to walk. Time to change. So evolved. Time to pivot. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we want to do here today is just validate if you're in the part of the journey where you're on the other side of treatment or whatever, if you're still in treatment, but you're just starting to reevaluate your priorities and feeling like your life doesn't fit anymore. We just want mm-hmm. you to know, A, totally normal. Normal normal b it is very scary c do it anyway <laughs> i mean i, I just said yeah. we don't instruct so self-explore self-explore do what's right for you explore. don't make any i will say this don't make any rash decisions when you're emotionally not stable yeah you know like we i do see that sometimes where people are not emotionally stable not like crazy or anything but just they're not at that place yet of contemplative like you know, yeah. rationality. Right. They are in the trauma. Yes. I want to change my whole life. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. You need be to ma- wait. Be methodical. Go slow. Just wait right. until yeah. you're in a good place and yeah. you can evaluate it, you know, with some semblance of sanity. Yeah. And then just know that if that's you and you're contemplating a change, you can absolutely do it. Yep. And it won't be as hard. Gary was convinced, oh my gosh, this is going to be the hardest adjustment ever for us and our whole lives will look different. And it totally does. But the adjustment was not that hard. Yeah. It really wasn't. He even says now, like, I really thought it was going to be so much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Let, yeah. Let that encourage you, people. Yeah. You might look back and be very thankful. Yes. Yeah. All right. Until next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmes. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 